Welcome to Tough on Art, the podcast for artists interested in ways to get ahead in today's art market. I'm Jen Tuff, owner of Jen Tuff Gallery and the Artist Alliance community. Join me for some down-to-earth talk about the best ways for artists to navigate this new and different landscape. This first question comes from Wendy Baker, and you can find her artwork and her website at wendybakerfineart.com. And she asks, what do you look for in an artist's website that will impress you the most? I really like simplicity. I like white backgrounds. I prefer a really simple navigational system. So it's not, you know, very complicated. Sometimes I think artists can get kind of caught up in the design of a website and it's kind of fun sometimes and they overthink things. But the best websites are ones that are really simple. So you have a navigational menu on the top or on the left-hand side. You've got your work organized into series. You've got a really clear way to contact you, a really clear way about your bio, your CV, and your resume, exhibition history, a really clear way um, to, to, you know, to see, you know, the evolution of your work. Um, and maybe that's through series. I don't like to see work that you're not doing anymore. You know, the kind of work that maybe you did, you know, 10 years ago or something, um, unless, unless you had exhibitions with that work and you know, your work that you're doing now has evolved from that work from 10, 20, 30 years ago. That's a different story. I also like to have the um, email address right right there instead of one of the forms that you can do on websites. The forms are fine, but I've, you know, I, but I found they look good, but I have found that, um, sometimes they don't work. I've used those forms to contact artists before on websites and they've never received my email. So the best thing you want to do is if you have one of those forms, you definitely want to make sure that it's working. You want to send several tests emails to yourself and make sure that it's, that it's working. Okay. But you also always want to have your website address in somewhere, you know, in another location, right, right on top of the form, perhaps. So people can easily email you because one of the things about those forms is you guys probably know this, you know, you get a a sub menu that sort of pops up of your email, you know, provider. And sometimes I just like to gather that email and then go back to my email, you know, provider. I use Gmail. And, and then I ha- also have a record of what I sent to you, you know, or to an artist and, you know, what I said, et cetera, et cetera. So those forms are kind of cool. I mean, they look cool and stuff like that, but I really don't think they're that beneficial in all honesty. So those are the things that I, that I recommend in the very least. Um, I like Squarespace. I think they have really clean, really simple templates um, and they're easy to update because one of the things about websites is you want to make sure that it's you're constantly updating it. I mean, it's almost like a bonsai tree. You know, you're always refining it. You're always tweaking it. You're always adding new work, um, you know, cleaning, cleaning it up, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it's really important to always stay on top of it and always be sort of grooming it to make it better. But better isn't necessarily busier or, you know, more and more and more information that you're putting up there. It's really important to be able to edit your work and edit, you know, what, what information you're sharing, because that editing also is a sign that you're much more mature as an artist, that you can edit your own work. You're not showing every single piece. That's something that's really important. Simplicity is key. 
minimalism rules. So just keep that in mind. And um, that's should help you out. Thanks, Wendy. This next question comes from Barbara Burke, and you can find her at barbaraburkdesigns.com. And her question is, what criteria do you look for when deciding which artists to represent? So, you know, galleries have a different look that they try to try to go for. Some galleries are more diverse than others. It depends on who their clientele is. It depends on where they want to take their gallery, what direction they want to take their gallery in. And there's all sorts of different galleries. There's, you know, co-op galleries, there's nonprofit galleries, there's, you know, obviously commercial galleries. And then as far as commercial galleries go, there is ones that are like sort of more geared towards travelers or visitors or the tourist trades. There's there's ones that are, you know, sell all sorts of things, you know, jewelry or um, housewares and, and art. And then there's commercial galleries that, you know, that represent artists and want to have a long-term relationship with them and build and nurture that relationship with, with each and every artist. So one of the things that gallerists consistently look for when you're talking about representation with a gallery that's a commercial gallery is a long ter- the ability to have that long-term relationship. And that's always based on friendship in the beginning. You know, can you get along? Is there, you know, a friendly rapport? And it takes a long time to build that. And then, you know, there has to be trust because a lot of the art world is built on relationships, is built on handshake deals. Not everything can be written down. As far as contracts go, I think COVID has been a really enlightening, shall we say, event for gallerists because it's something that nobody could predict, that nobody could have worked into their contract. Like say somebody had a solo show and it, you know, got canceled because the gallery got shut down, you know, things like that. So there has to be you know, a really high level of being able to get along with each other and trusting each other. Because the idea is, is that, you know, the artist prices will rise eventually, the the collector um, relationships will, will continue to grow, you know, through the gallery that, you know, people who are interested in that particular artist. So there's a lot of things to look at. Not only the quality, craftsmanship, and creativity of an artist's work, but also you know, just basically how easy the artist is to get along with, you know, sometimes, you know, people can be difficult on, on either side. Sometimes people don't get along. Sometimes expectations can get in the way, which is one of the things I think that can be, that is probably the number one issue with galleries and artists. If a relationship goes South, the expectations are usually out of line, either from the artist for what they think the gallery can do for them or vice versa. Lots of times, you know, things aren't clear or there isn't good communication. So, you know, things can go south that way too. So, so what a gallerist looks for first and foremost is the work. And now let's say there's, you know, there's an artist that they really like, it fits into their roster as far as style and, you know, in the direction they want to take the gallery creatively. And if that person's difficult, then most likely they will not sign that artist to the gallery. There has to be a whole bunch of, you know, parts and pieces that fit together nicely. But I would say that the most important thing for artists who are looking for representation is to focus on your work, create work that is, you know, highly creative, highly, um, you know, the quality level is, is amazing. The craftsmanship is amazing. 
you know, you're, you have work that stands out, you know, that isn't um, derivative of a lot of things that other people see and, and just be, you know, a kind person, be, you know, have manners, have, um, be friendly, be approachable, be able, you know, write back when they write you, things like that. Like just be responsive, be kind and be responsible. And, um, hopefully, you know, you, you could take it from there and develop a relationship with a gallerist that would eventually move into representation. So that would be my perspective on it. Thanks for asking. This next question is from Bill Foley, and you can find his work at wt-foley.com. And Bill asks, are brick and mortar galleries likely to reemerge vigorously after COVID? I don't think so. (laughs) I think that there's going to be a real move towards art fairs and pop-ups Art was already selling way better at art fairs before the pandemic. And I think after the pandemic, there's going to be a, a, I think they're going to be doing great. I think that people are going to be dying to get out and have that social interaction that an art fair gives you. I think people are going to be ready to buy art because they haven't seen it in person for so long. I think that art fairs are going to be doing a booming business. As a matter of fact, if I could invest in art fairs right now, I probably would. (laughs) Brick and mortar galleries, I don't know. I mean, I think the ones who've been around for more than 10 years will probably still be around. I think the ones that um, were newer, like under five years old, you know, it just probably won't be around. And it's mostly because the business model especially after COVID, it's just, it's really not a great business model. Why have a brick and mortar when you can do art fairs and have way more foot traffic, way more people around? You know, what are the possibilities of another pandemic? And then galleries need to close down again. I don't, I don't know. With an art fair, you're not really risking that as much, you know, because obviously when you're locked into a commercial lease, which is usually years and years, uh, that's not such a wise thing to do, perhaps. Um, if you're if you're a newer gallery, I, I'm I'm sure that galleries are considering their options. I know most gallerists that I know who have brick and mortars have really changed um, almost everything. And, you know, a lot of movement towards online, which I think will will continue. I think artists are going to be much more independent and taking things into their own hands, and uh, you know, earning 100. percent There's probably going to be artist agents, you know, sort of like talent agents that are going to do a lot of the stuff that artists dread, you know, like marketing and advertising and, you know, maybe organizing pop-up shows or things like that. So I think brick and mortars are definitely going to be around. They're not going to go away, but I think it depends on, on the business model because if it's a straight commercial gallery that hasn't been around for a long time, then it's going to be, it's, I think, you know, those galleries are going to be hard pressed to, you know, to keep the doors open or want to keep the doors open because um, of all the things that I just talked about when there's other opportunities for exhibitions at fairs, um, pop-ups, things like that, where you're not locked into a super long-term lease. So I hope that helps. And thanks, Bill. This next question comes from Ellen Halley Schiff, and you can find her work at ellenhalleyschiff.com. And she asks, how can Instagram help me gain visibility with galleries? There's lots of ways to get attention from galleries on Instagram. The best way is to be creating art that is so incredible 
so high quality, so creative, so different, something that stands out that they will, you know, that you will get their attention. You know, you can use hashtags um, for galleries on there, you know, hashtag Hauser Worth or whoever the gallery is that you might want to get their attention. That's one way to do it. That's not all that successful though, because a lot of people do it. So you're (laughs) competing against a lot of people in that way. So the best way, like I said, is just have amazing, amazing work. You're going to want to post consistently. It's not going to, you know, it can't be like, you know, once every couple of weeks and, you know, you post a picture of your dog and then you post a picture of your studio, which, which are great to do, but you need to sort of intersperse it with a lot of, you know, pictures of your work. It'd be great to have videos of yourself working. If you can get somebody to, you know, talk to you while you're working so people can get an idea of your um, personality, um, things like that would be are a great way to just have gallerists get to know who you are. That's important. But the most important thing is just creating amazing work that's going to knock their socks off. But the thing that I would say that is most important for artists, not just you, but everybody right now is that because of COVID, there's going to be very few galleries who are going to be signing new artists for a while. You're already doing the marketing already. You're doing you're doing the work right now by getting out there and showing your work on Instagram. So why not keep going in that direction of marketing your work as you're doing? Instead of focusing on gal- getting gallery attention, focus on getting you know, buyer's attention, focus on getting other artists' attention, focus on just getting your work out into the world and seen in the best way possible as often as possible. That's the, that's the thing that I would recommend the most, you know, the idea of, you know, getting the attention of a gallery and then getting signed by a gallery. There's a lot of misperception with that, that like all of a sudden a gallery is going to be taking care of all that stuff for you. And they don't, you're still going to have to post on Instagram just as much as you did before. So as, as much as it can be like sort of a drag to think that, you know, you're, you're sort of like your career is in your hands, but, but it really is. And, you know, I would focus not on getting a gallery. I would focus on getting buyers and getting other viewers and getting more followers. One of the things that galleries look at as well is the number of sales that you've made. What's your track history with sales? So if you can sell a ton of work on Instagram, that looks really good at galleries for galleries. And I think artists should always have the goal of making themselves so desirable for galleries that they're in a place where they don't need a gallery anymore. (laughs) That should be the goal where you have so many followers, you have so many sales, you're doing so well on your own that there's no need for a gallery because that's what happens. It's like galleries are actually looking for the artists that have a ton of followers and a ton of sales. That's really important and really, you know, something that they look for. Why? Because they don't have to, they don't have to do as much work. You know, the the artist has already built this huge following. And then the most amazing position you can be in is to say, you know, now I, I really don't need a gallery. I'm doing pretty good on my own. And that's, you know, that's what I think artists should be reaching for because it's really going to help you and benefit you in so many ways when you get to a place where you say, I really don't need a gallery. So I hope that helps. Thank you so much for listening and supporting this podcast. Your support means everything. If you'd like to learn more about the Artist Alliance community, send me a question or learn about other events or projects coming up, please visit my website at www.gentuff.com 
www.thinkingoutloud.gallery. See you next time.